Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Kenneth Gagnon. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. I've got two quick things that I want to talk about before we get to the story and that is, I want to thank the following people for the five-star reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts. That is huge, uh, huge help to the show. Uh, Brussels, YOLO, Flex, Monkey, Spice, Wind, Fire. That's a great name. Uh, Ricky Chris, uh, or sorry, Ricky Chiss. Jay Bird, Lethal Dose, 1199 Guy, Roger, IOPVL, Catrick007, Your Man, Mitch Maynard, Average Joe, Sleepy face emoji. Thank you guys for the five-star review. It really does help. Um, I also want to say that we have been playing a lot of Wargroove lately in our little uh, community. And if you want to join that community and find people to play Wargroove with, it's super easy to do. Just head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord. And then in there is a Wargroove channel. It is probably the most popular channel that's going in the Discord right now. It, every time I open it up, there's 30 new messages of people uh, trading um, codes back and forth and talking about, uh, you know, how well how well to play or strategies or things like that. So make sure that you check that out. All right. With that out of the way, uh, our first story of the day is actually a, a community member reached out and they said, uh, hey, I've got a question for the show. Uh, what will happen when the Switch eShop closes? Now, if you didn't know, the Wii eShop just closed. So up until, I think it was this week or maybe it was last week, up until recently, you could go on the Wii, the Wii eShop and uh, listen to the cool little funky music that's playing in the background and buy stuff for your for the Wii there, uh, which is kind of cool. I mean, the Wii came out... I don't know, like a long time ago, like 15, 14 years ago, I think. The Wii came out a long time ago, and it was really popular. And now Nintendo has shut down the eShop. And what does that mean? It means you, you can no longer buy games from that. And if you've already bought games and you don't have them downloaded onto the Wii, then you can't download them either. So Martin sent in this question via Twitter uh, at Run Jump Stomp, by the way, he says, uh, question for the show, when it closes a couple of years from now, I would say it's probably going to be about 15 years before that happens. Uh, with the games I don't have installed or on some SD card, will I still be able to download them? And I don't think the answer is yes. In fact, I'm pretty sure that the answer is no. I, you won't be able to download them. So what you're going to want to do before that happens, and like I said, we've got 15 years or so before we have to worry about that, is, you know, once a shop closes, you won't be able to download stuff anymore. So in like 15 years, when they do shut down the service, make sure that you have the games that you want on your Nintendo Switch or on an SD card uh, somewhere. Uh, that being said, it's possible that Nintendo will have stuff linked to our accounts. So they, I mean, because like right now they know 
that I have purchased Wargroove on my Nintendo account. Like they are aware that that purchase has been made. It's not tied to my Nintendo Switch. It is tied to my account. So if I junk my Switch, buy another Switch, log in on there, um, then I can download Wargroove on that. And that gives me a little bit of hope for the future because perhaps the next thing that Nintendo brings after the Switch will have backwards compatibility. Now, maybe it won't be physical backwards compatibility, uh, like, you know, the cartridges might not work, but it might have digital backwards compatibility. And this is something that PC gaming has as, a, as an advantage over console gaming in a huge way. The games that you've bought on previous systems, or I'm sorry, the, the games that you've bought with Steam, if I buy a new computer and log into Steam, I can download all those games and uh, install them on my new PC. If I take a sledgehammer to that computer and then buy another computer, I can log into Steam and download all my games again. And there's really no limit to the number of times that I do that. The only limit is how many uh, uh, PCs can I play on at once? And the answer is one. And I think that's a much better way of doing things. And it's something that I really hope that not only Nintendo, but the other video game console uh, makers do in the future. So when the Xbox 2 or whatever uh, Microsoft decides to call it, or the PS5 comes out, or the Nintendo Swap, whatever it is that they're going to call their next systems, when the next generation of hardware for uh, from the big three, when that comes out, I really hope that it has digital backwards compatibility. I don't care so much about the physical backwards compatibility because I understand that, uh, you know, uh, the delivery medium has to move forward. It can't, they can't stick with the same delivery medium forever. And eventually Blu-rays won't work anymore in, in whatever devices that we have. Eventually the cartridges won't work just like you can't use a 3DS cartridge in a Nintendo Switch. But I would love it. I would absolutely love it if the games that I've purchased digitally were tied to my account and when I have the next system, I'm able to download those. So, you know, fingers crossed that that happens. um, But who knows? Uh, Martin also said, thanks for the answer. Uh, Thanks for an awesome podcast. I don't miss a single episode. I love the music and the old Nintendo ads. Keep up the great work. Greetings from Munich, Germany. Well, Martin, thank you very much for getting a hold of me and participating in the show. There's a lot of ways that you can participate in the show. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter, just like Martin did, at RunJumpStomp. You can um, send me an email, runjumpstomp at gmail.com, or you can join the Discord and become a part of the Nerd Nest. And again, I gave that uh, at the at the address at the beginning of this segment, which is runjumpstomp.com slash discord so thank you for that and uh i i'm looking forward to finding out what's next but uh, i think that we've got a long time before we're going to have to worry about uh martin's question as nintendo begins to take on new forms it's important that we can measure how addictive they truly are one of the things that i have complained about with nintendo switch and nintendo switch online has been the fact that they don't have voice chat built into the system. In fact, if you go back to 
I can't even remember. Very early on, I talked about the things that had to happen in order to make the Nintendo Switch a success. Now, of course, it's a success, uh, even though some of the things that I said didn't happen. But one of the things that I said is they got to nail down voice chat. And Nintendo's ridiculous solution of forcing us to use this app, which, you know, I, I, I've used this app and there's really nothing wrong with it. It works really well. But it shouldn't be the only option. This should just be one of the options. Anyway, one of the problems that I have with Nintendo Switch Online is voice. And the the way that voice chat works on the Switch, forcing you to use that app. And then something really, really interesting happened at E3 last year. Uh, Fortnite was announced for the Nintendo Switch. And then during the treehouse, when they were kind of showing it off, they they talked about how the fact that they were going to have voice chat built into the system. And when I when I heard that, I was very confused. I was like, "Wait a second! So does that mean that there that Fortnite is going to get a spot in the Nintendo Switch phone app?" And the answer is no. It just works like it does on the other consoles. You plug your headphones into it and you talk just like you would on the PlayStation or Xbox. The only big difference is that even if you've got a Nintendo Switch Pro controller, it doesn't have a headphone jack on it, which is definitely an issue. However, if you're playing handheld mode, then you have the ability to use headphones and talk to somebody, no problem, and it works fine. Well... Good news, and this is really strange, but uh, this comes to us via The Verge. Um, Oh, let me make this bigger. There we go. Uh, It says here, Switch games are finally getting proper voice chat thanks to this company called Vivox. And Vivox is the company that made Fortnite's chat system. And they are developing or they are releasing an SDK for Nintendo Switch that will include voice and text chat so that video game developers don't have to roll their own. They don't have to make their own stuff. This is usually something that is done by the console maker. The console maker makes an SDK. That SDK allows the uh, the develop video game developers to easily just throw a couple of hooks in there and then voice and uh, text chat just work fine. Because Nintendo didn't do that or make that SDK, we haven't seen that happening. So this company, Vivox, that made the Fortnite one, is doing it themselves. And I don't know if Nintendo is allowing it, but I don't see why they wouldn't. This means that there's no work for them. There's no liability for them. Like, they didn't do it. I guess because they let it on their platform, but it's already on their platform on Fortnite. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see this in other online games as well. Uh, so right now it's in Fortnite. Vivox also makes the or does the voice chat for PUBG, League of Legends, World of Tanks, as well as others, and uh, Hi-Rez Studios has said that that Smite and Paladins will both be getting voice chat on the Nintendo Switch, and it looks like they might be using uh, Vivox, using the, the Switch Vivox SDK. I think that this is 
absolutely huge news. And if this next story wasn't also uh, something that happened recently, uh, this came out on Sunday, then I think the Vivox thing would probably be the biggest news um, of the day. But the bigger news is that Microsoft is looking to expand Xbox Live and they want to go cross-platform with Xbox Live and bring it to not only phones, but also to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, here is the exact wording that um, the Xbox used when they were explaining this. This comes to us via Nintendo Life. Uh, it says, Xbox Live is one of the largest, most engaged uh, gaming communities on the planet with decades of experience providing managed game services to developers that save you time and unlock all of the social and engagement features that players love. Now, Xbox Live is about to get much bigger. Xbox Live is expanding from 400 million gaming devices and a reach of over 68 million active players to over 2 billion devices with a reach of our new cross-platform XDK, which is just their way of saying SDK with Xbox stuff, I guess. They say, get a first look at the SDK to enable game developers to connect players between iOS, Android, and Switch in addition to Xbox and any game in the Microsoft Store on Windows PCs. This is really, really interesting. Now, what exactly does this mean? What does this SDK include? Does it include voice chat? Are we now going to have two competing SDKs? And if so, like which one are developers going to go with? And how is that going to affect uh, players in the, in, you know, at the end of the day? Uh, I, I don't want like, I guess... I'll just end up having an account for the the Xbox account, and then I'll probably also have an account for the Vuvum. What the heck are they called again? I I keep forgetting. Uh, Vivox. Uh, so I'll probably have accounts for both of those things, and then you'll be able to talk to people. And my guess is that there there will be no crossover. So if I'm playing a game that has Vivox, then I won't be able to talk to somebody who has Xbox Live. But does this mean that we'll have that same party chat that you can have on PS4 and Xbox? And if you don't have a PS4 or an Xbox, it works like this. You can invite another player on that platform to a party, and then you guys can talk to each other while playing completely different games. Even if the game that you're playing is not online, as long as you have an internet connection, you can still talk to the other person. Uh, sometimes my son will both be playing a game and he'll be on, uh, we'll be on party chat together and we're playing different games on the PS4 and just having a conversation because my PS4 is upstairs and his PS4 is downstairs. One thing that I'm sure will get integrated is like Xbox Live achievement points, which I don't care about even a little. Like who, like, I know that there are people out there who just adore getting these uh, achievement points. But for me, I don't care about that. I just want the good services. And Microsoft Xbox, that's the, that is the one thing that they have over everybody else is that their services are golden 
compared to PS4 and really like platinum or whatever compared to uh compared to Nintendo Switch. Like their online services are really really great and I feel like Microsoft is seeing the writing on the wall and they're starting to move in the right direction that that um being a hardware manufacturer while a very good idea and is very profitable if you do it right uh is is good being a software manufacturer is probably even better and then at the end of the day being a services company is probably where the real money's at and in, and and Microsoft has been going this way I feel like for a long time when they you know they moved away from Xbox or not Xbox from um like Microsoft Office as you just buy it and you're all set to having a subscription to it and you know that kind of thing and I know that there's people who when I say subscription they get a little twitchy and itchy and you know cuz here's the next question are we going to be paying for Nintendo Switch online and then also paying for Microsoft Xbox Live that's a very interesting question and if we are paying for Microsoft Xbox Live and we don't have an Xbox is it going to be cheaper because one of the things with Xbox Live is you get you get games with gold. You get a bunch of, uh, I, I hate to use this word, but free, I'm using air quotes, you get a bunch of free games every month, the same as on, on PSN, you get a bunch of free games every month uh, for being a member of Xbox Live Gold. Are we going to have to pay for both in order to use the... Um, the services that Microsoft is talking about. I don't know. I'm trying to think if whether, whether or not I would be willing to, I, I, I suppose it all depends on like the, the idea of if it has integrated voice chat across the console so that I can just get into a, a gaming party with somebody and have a conversation, whether we're playing a game together or not without having to be on discord because while it's super easy for me, like it's easy for me because my video game consoles are hooked up to my computer because I'm a streamer. I stream on twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, hashtag sellout. And, um, you know, I, I stream, so I, I've always got my 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 video game stuff hooked up to my computer. And so I just open up the Discord window and I can talk to people. But if you're not hooked up to your computer... That's an extra thing that is kind of a pain, and it's much better to be talking through the actual thing itself. I see chat is saying a bunch of stuff, and I haven't been able to read it because I've been focused on getting my thoughts out, but I think they've kind of summed up how I feel pretty well. So I'm just going to go to uh, to chat and see what people think. So Jay Hartley 17 I, I, I believe he's probably talking about the uh, the Vivox thing. He says, Hopefully some games get updated to use it. That's a great idea. Uh, I don't even know why the Xbox Live thing is a big deal. What would it get me? Well, like I said, they have really good services and it would allow cross-play for, for developers built in without them having to figure out how to do it themselves. So up until this point, cross-play for, we'll say... Wargroove, because that's hot right now. Crossplay for Wargroove. Wargroove had to figure that stuff out on their own. Like, they're running the servers. This makes it easier for developers to do that stuff without having to make their own 
and then they just pay Microsoft for that. That makes it much more likely that cross-play is going to happen in multiplayer games. Uh, Res TV says it would allow you to easily game with your Xbox friends and compatible games. That's true. Um, game devs could include Xbox Live parties and matchmaking. Also true. The things that I was saying. Uh, Res TV also brings up some cons. Would require that users sign up for Nintendo Online and sign up for. Yeah. Okay. So he's covering the same stuff that I was talking about as well. Um, do. Res TV says party chat doesn't seem likely to me since it's on an OS level function, but that's true. That's true. It's an it's an operating system level function, and so Microsoft would have to put an app that could run in the background on the Nintendo Switch in order for it to work. So that that is a little shaky. Uh, I totally agree. I would love it if Res TV was wrong. <laughs> Uh, I use the party chat all the time when I played on Xbox and PS4 more. Um, and then finally he said Xbox Live Gold is required for voice chat on Xbox. So if that feature is added, you would have to subscribe to use it. But would it be cheaper because we aren't getting all those free games? Who knows? I All I know is that these SDKs coming to the Nintendo Switch, that is exciting to me because I think it means that developers can do more uh, with less. And at the end of the day, you want a developer's job to be easy because then they're much more likely to implement something cool, at least in my opinion. What do you think? If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Square Enix, sometimes they just make decisions that baffle me. They make decisions that I don't understand. And I think it was probably a week ago or maybe two weeks ago that it came out that Final Fantasy X, uh, when it, the HD remaster, which is coming to Nintendo Switch on, I think it's April, yeah, April 16th. Um, when that comes, 10 and 10 2, it's a package combo. You, the first one, if you buy physical, the first one comes on a. Uh, a cartridge and 10.2 is a download code. And I, you know, I kind of defended them a little bit and I said, you know, it's expensive to make those uh, cartridges. And I kind of apologized for them a little bit saying it's, you know, it's fine to have to download it. It's that, you know, they're big files and I understand and I'm taking it all back. Because they are being absolute morons about this. Like, this is just 
plain dumb. So if I go, let, let, let's say that, that you're a listener who lives in Asia and you're a huge fan of Final Fantasy X, X2, and you want to buy it for the Nintendo Switch and you want to be able to play it on your cool bullet train because we don't have that kind of thing here. Um, you can do that and you don't have to download a thing because they are shipping the game with two, count them, two cartridges. So two cartridges in one package. 10 is on one cartridge, 10 two is on the other cartridge, and that's in one package. However, when I go to the store and buy my Final Fantasy 10 10 2 HD remaster for the Nintendo Switch, longest name ever, if I do that, I get one game on one cartridge and one game as a download code. And that kind of ticks me off. That kind of ticks me off a lot. And guess what? I'm a digital guy. I don't buy physical games very often. For the most part, I buy games uh, digitally so that I can always have them on my Switch whenever I want without having to go back upstairs and look for the cartridge. You know, that kind of thing. Or with, without leaving the cartridge at home and then being someplace and not being able to play a game. So uh, this is somebody who plays games digitally almost exclusively. I have some physical copies, but most of my games are digital. And this really ticks me off. I wasn't going to buy this digitally anyway because I have it on my PS4. But I know that there's a lot of people who are, and my guess is that they're going to be a little ticked off that we're being treated differently. Like, why is it that it, like, what's the reasoning where it makes sense for Square Enix to do this in Asia? But it doesn't make sense to do it in the U.S. Is it because the U.S. is a bigger market? Okay. But if it's profitable to do in Asia, then it's profitable to do in the U.S. as well. And that's really what bothers me more than anything else. Because there's no way in hell that they would sell 10-10-2 as a dual cartridge uh, game over in Asia if it wasn't profitable to do so. They're not going to throw money away. So if it's profitable to do there, then why isn't it profitable to do here? And I don't know the answer, but this this whole idea just kind of rubs me the wrong way and ticks me off. So Square, get your act together. And make sure that you also give us here in the U.S. the option to buy 10-10-2 as one package with two cartridges because you're clearly doing it elsewhere. And by the way, if you if you live in Europe, you know, right now the story is that it's only going to be in Asia. All right. This comes to us via Nintendo Everything, by the way. Uh, and they say it is confirmed that... Uh, <laughs> North America and Europe are getting the download nonsense, but if you buy it from from Asia, you get the uh, the full shebang, which is a much better deal. Now, one thing that I will say is you can import from a website called Play Asia, and that's how a lot of people buy uh, video games that are not released in uh, outside of of that region. 
you can go to play Asia and and buy a copy of the game. And I'm going to assume that it's going to have the exact same files on every cartridge because it's already translated and it doesn't save them any money to not put the English. I'm just assuming. I'm not guaranteeing, but it doesn't cost them any extra money to put the English on the uh, on the cartridges that are in in Japan or Asia. So if you buy it through Play Asia, you will probably the the Nintendo Switch is region free, so you can play a cartridge that you buy anywhere. This is the first time that a, a Nintendo system has been region free, maybe ever. I could be wrong about that, but. Uh, used to be if you bought a cartridge in Europe, you couldn't play it on a, on a U.S. one and vice versa. Um, so you, you, there are options available to you if you want to have those two cartridges, but I'm, you know, then you're paying extra money for the import and it really, it really bugs me. Uh, Res TV in chat says, hate the download code for the one of the bundle games nearly bought Mega Man X collection a couple of times used and then remembered that I'd only be getting one of the games. And he brings up a really good point. Do not buy these games used in the U.S. or Europe. Because if you do, somebody has probably claimed that code for Final Fantasy X-2, and you'll only be getting Final Fantasy X, not the sequel. Uh, that's one more reason. And that's, that's another reason why they do this, is to it lowers the value of reselling your game. You, because then you can only sell half of it. You can't sell the digital half. You can only resell the physical half, and that's a really sneaky, underhanded way of keeping people from trading in games. Although, I totally understand why video game companies want to make it so that you don't want to trade in your games. Because if you trade in your games, and then I go and buy it from a GameStop or whatever used, the original developer doesn't get any money for that for that sale which is too bad because that means two people have played a game, but only one of them has given the money to the developer. The other person just gave their money to GameStop, which, let's be honest, we don't want to give our money to GameStop, do we? Double Dragon 3, the ultimate in NES martial arts action continues with all new weapons, characters, and street fighting moves against the world's most awesome villains. Double Dragon 3 from Acclaim, the action keeps coming. Real quick before I uh, wrap up the show, uh, there is data mining, which suggests that Realm Royale is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Now, if you have not played Realm Royale, if you've not heard of it, it is the latest in the PUBG, uh, Fortnite clones, uh, Battle Royale games. This one has like a class system. So there's like warriors and assassins. And, and so you, you like you have different abilities. And rather than having a building option like in Fortnite, you have a horse and you can take uh, equipment like usually in Fortnite, if you get an upgrade to a gun or something, you know, you leave the old gun behind. But in battle uh, in battle royale, realm royale, I couldn't get the words out in realm royale, uh, you can turn that extra item that you're not going to take with you into shards and then you can use those shards for crafting other things later at a forge and it's really cool because you start crafting and smoke comes out of the forge letting everybody around know that hey there's somebody crafting an item at the forge let's go kill him 
It's it's a really cool game. I actually prefer it to Fortnite. Uh, it's super buggy on the PS4, and I don't like playing PC games very much these days. Uh, so it's super buggy, but I think that it's you know it's going to get better eventually, and uh, then they're going to be porting it to the Nintendo Switch, according to uh, this data mining. I, I'm I think that this is uh, good. The data mining uh, says something about Merge Nintendo Crown, which is, I think, the... um, It's like the in-game currency or something that you can use to buy skins and things like that. It's got a similar uh, monetization model to Fortnite where there's um, a battle pass of things that you can unlock as you play the game. But you can play the game for free, and it's super fun. I am looking forward to it coming to the Nintendo Switch because I like that game and I do like the Battle Royale genre. I think it's a really fun genre and I like how each of these companies are are kind of putting their own spin on it. Now, if you're wondering, this is made by the same company that makes uh, Paladins and Smite. It's called Hi-Rez Studios. And, you know, they brought Paladins and Smite to the Nintendo Switch, so it's not a huge surprise that uh, Realm Royale might be coming to the Switch in the future. Uh, It certainly doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Before I get out of here, I I just want, I had a couple of people send me an email uh and asking about the ads because i've uh when I, one of the reasons that i moved my podcast to a new platform is because it allows me to get advertisers to uh let me advertise for them on the show and uh i'm sure that you heard an ad earlier in the show uh today i've been working on uh, nintendo switchcraft since 2016 and you know i've been it's a lot of work and I'm not complaining about it because I do enjoy it. I have a lot of fun with it, but when the opportunity to monetize the podcast in a way to bring in some extra scratch for me and the family or for me to buy stuff to improve the podcast, like my new lighting or my new lighting in the, in the back or, you know, a, a new mixer maybe in the future uh, like that kind of stuff is very expensive and I've been operating in the red on the podcast for a long time because of all of the equipment that I bought in order to make sure that I put out high quality. And then of course I've been paying for hosting for uh, three years. Like it, 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 do, it does cost money. Uh, so the opportunity to uh, what's the word I'm looking for to monetize uh, and try and make some of that money back. It 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 seemed like a non-intrusive way to do it. And I know that there are some people who absolutely hate to hear an advertisement. Now, what I will say is that I'm not going to advertise for something that I don't think that somebody might find useful. Uh, I'm certainly not going to be able to try every single thing because sometimes advertisers are going to come and they're going to you know, I'm going to, I'm going to look at what they're selling and I'll, you know, if it's something that I think is bad or that I think is lame, then I'll pass on it. But just because it's something that I wouldn't personally use doesn't mean, because maybe I'm not the target audience for it, but 
you know, that doesn't mean that other people who are listening won't be the target audience. So in the middle of the show, um, you know, between segments, uh, from, from here on out, you'll probably hear, uh, one or two advertisements in the middle, uh, because that's where the advertisers want to be is in the middle of the show. And, you know, it, the, I, I always do my best to make sure that the ads are as, as short as possible. Yes, Vaxer has a very good point. He's <laughs> like, uh, would I, would I advertise for shampoo? Sure. I'm sure a lot of you would use shampoo, but I'm bald. If you've only ever listened to the show, I shave my head. I don't have hair on my head. There's no reason for me to try out the shampoo. Um, I use Beard Balm Res TV. Now, now people who are listening are like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm a bald guy with a beard. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to explain that and uh, also remind people that if this is something that you're like, well, deal breaker, I'm out of here. Keep in mind that I also am uploading an ad free version of the podcast to Patreon for uh, patron sub- supporters and they get um, they get a, a sec a, a separate RSS feed and you can become a patron supporter for like as little as a dollar and you get access to that RSS feed and none of the advertisements will be in there. Um, also all of the thing, the ads that I used to do in the past, like the things like Amazon prime or audible and things like that, all of those things will still work in the future, but I don't want to advertise at you with that stuff. If I'm also advertising for the advertisers that are coming through the, the new, the new way of doing things. So I probably won't mention those things. What I will say at the end of every show is if you're looking for other ways to support the show, make sure that you stop by runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And that's all I'll say about it because they'll see a bunch of stuff. There's a bunch of links there of ways to help out. So hopefully that advertising, like, like my explanation about advertising uh, makes sense. I put a lot of work into the show and uh, even though it's even though I don't make money at it um I do treat it like a business and it's nice to be able to bring a little bit of compensation for the work that I put into it it's 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 been really fun making this show and this this just makes it so much easier to do. So hopefully you guys are okay with that. And, uh, uh, I, I, I appreciate everybody who's listened all the way up until now. So anyway, gosh, I talked about that for longer than I expected. Oh my God, we're at 40 minutes almost. All right. It's time for me to shut up, join the nerd nest, become part of the community, go to runjumpstomp.com slash discord, watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp email me i already talked about that i already talked about twitter uh if you're looking for ways to support the show i talked about that too Uh, i've got another podcast called run jump stomp you can find it and uh, you share your thoughts on gaming you can find it over at anchor.fm slash run jump stomp the music is balloon trip remix by note block at the beginning and the outro music is gerudo valley acoustic by tom winter i will see you guys all next time thank you for listening until next time Stay rad.